soldier mugs. What's soldier mugs? What's your mug, Darren? Uh, it's an R2D2. Oh, I love it. Okay. Love it. Class. Yeah. I've got a big Canada mug. My big Canada. Canada. Lovely, nice. Chelsea. Is that British Columbia? It, yeah, it is. Yeah, you can tell, can't you? But yeah, it is. Yeah. It is, yeah. Beautiful. And Alan's just What's got a point of Stella. Have you got yeah, a barrel? <laughs> barrel of Stella. Barrel. Ten <laughs> past 11. No, I'm not. No, we're talking about last night. You're breaking the illusion here, guys. I'm recording all of this. <laughs> oh, we're all on a barrel of Stella then. Yeah. I've got my US tour, Fab Bottom Girls Tour, 1978. That is a great queen. Oh, right. Uh, you see, see when the, the, the mug heats up, you can see her arch. <laughs> <laughs> there's no misogyny in this house <laughs> Brilliant. good morning good afternoon good evening to you wherever you are and welcome to the four play music podcast episode number four i'm david turner i live in devon and i'm delighted to be joined by my co-hosts and brothers in music we have darren parr in devon hi wonderful to be back again good to have you back darren um alan jones in luton hi david hi daz nice to speak to you again and you definitely good and then making up our fourth music tier is mark hollywood in edinburgh why am i always last why, why am i always last because you're never normally there no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always late. good morning gents how are you good 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 looking forward to this one i don't know if anyone saw any of the comments on the the facebook page but been plenty of fantastic contributions in there I might have stolen one or two as well. Yeah, there's quite a few got repeated as well, isn't there? There's quite a lot of people passionate about one or two of them, which we'll see if they're in there or not. Because we don't know each other's yet, of course, do we? So No, no. Okay, so this week's podcast, uh, we're doing four cover songs. And to kick us off, Alan, what's going to be your first one? Right, thanks, David. So over to my first choice. Um, I can tell you that this original version was recorded on the 22nd of November, 1963. Um, and if you know your history, uh, you'll know that was the same day that uh, uh, John F. Kennedy was assassinated in Dallas, Texas. Um, this uh, song was actually composed by um, Bert Bacharach and Hal David of uh, Bert Bacharach and Hal David um, and uh, they composed it for, um, I suppose at the time she would have been a little no, known singer, um, but she went by the name of Diane Warwick. Um, the cover version I'm thinking of, uh, of that song, um, was released originally as a free uh, EP uh, in white vinyl with one of my favourite bands, third albums, studio albums. And uh, the album was called Black and White in May 1978. And on the one of the three tracks on this free EP was a track called Walk On By. And it takes this song to another level. It's been revered as possibly one of the best cover versions of this song in existence. Um, so yeah, by the Stranglers, and um, it's over six minutes long. You know, I love a long wow. song, 
Um, and, and aside from the, the, if you like, the words of the song, it also contains some a lovely long guitar solo by Hugh Cornwall and some fantastic keyboards by the late Dave Greenfield. Um, it's I've seen him play uh, this song live quite a number of times. Um, it's become a staple in the in their repertoire. Um, if you've never heard this or haven't got a clue what I'm talking about, um, I really think you could, should seek this out because this is really something special. It's a brilliant version and I often play it. Um, and I was playing the, actually the that album last night, but I didn't get around to playing uh, the, the white vinyl, um, which you people at home can now see is actually turned beige All right. over the years. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, um, it's a common thing with a lot of them. Some of them turn blue, some of them stay the same, some of them go like a really shitty brown. Uh, this is what I would call beige, and I've got I've got a couple that I've collected over the years, and I don't have them to hand, but yeah, that was the um, little thing that you got inside the album. Oh, that's nice. wonderful. Uh, especially for you, Mark, one of the tracks, I'm not going to read it out, I'm not going to say it, but I'm... I think you'd like that track there, the second one down. Yeah, so... Say it short again. Sorry for the benefit of those in the podcast. Benefit of those at home. Yeah. Wrap down. So you've got to simply... The album is that. Um, and, um, you know, much was the um, appreciation at the time that they actually ended up having to release a proper seven-inch version of it, which became one of the singles off the album. But, um, yeah, so it's a superb track. And, um, yeah, have a oh. listen. I'm just to remember when it came out. 78. Yeah, 78. 78. Uh, I have to say I, I'd agree with you there. It's a great, it is a great, great shout. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you guys have heard it. Um, I didn't. When I first heard "Walk On By" by the Stranglers, I didn't realise it was the same song as Dion Warwick's, <laughs> which is quite melancholic, isn't it? And um, I, I remember hearing it and thinking, "Wow, that's a belter." Um, and then it was only when I I listened to the lyrics properly, I realised that it was Burt Bacharach's song given to Dion yeah. Warwick. So it, 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 I guess credit. The credit, the huge credit's given in that it it morphed itself into something completely different with the same lyrics. Yeah. Um, and that's what made the Strangers kind of special. Um, they did it with a few, quite a few songs, didn't they? Mm, yeah, they did. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you think of the original, it's quite melo melodic, uh, yeah. softly spoken. But the Stranglers version is. It's a great riff, and um, yeah, I love it. So that's my first choice. Yeah, it's definitely. I I have heard it, but a long time ago. I need to revisit it. I think one of my favourites. Um, one of favourites, isn't it, Darren? If you which which al album is it on? It was on. Well, it was released with black and white. All oh, right, okay. You know, so that was a separate single, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was free. It was. You, know, you got the yeah. single in the album. You might have okay. it, Dave. Yeah, I'll have to. I have to look at the single. Yeah, I've got. I've got the yeah, single. Nice. Brilliant. Excellent. I, I like their version of "All Day and All of the Night" as well. 
the king's cover. Yeah. Yeah, they did that all day and all of the all of the night. They also did '96 Tears. Oh yeah. Here's yeah. I question mark of the Miss Bronze was the original. No. You never fail, Alan. You never fail, Matt. No, very strong start on that one. That is good. That is good. Okay, Darren, you follow up on that okay. one. Yeah, here we go, man. So, um, I again, I think I say this every week, but I found this difficult because I've realised that I'm probably not really a cover version fan. Um, there's been some great ones over the years, yeah, admittedly, um, but I found this really hard. I, I think I just prefer originals most of the time. But that said, there are some versions that are much better than the originals. So, so I found it difficult for that reason. But the first one I've gone with is uh, originally it was a song by a 1976 LA punk band called The Nerves. It was their only EP that they released, and it was pretty much a well, it was a commercial failure um, until it was re-released by the band I'm about to mention, and then they had a minor hit with it then. Um, it starts with a ringing telephone, um, both the Nerves version and the version by Blondie. So this is Hanging on the Telephone. Um, from a 1978 album, Parallel Lines, they got a number five hit with it over here um, and released to massive critical acclaim. Um, really kept Blondie's career going, I think. They were doing well, and I think it just gave them that oomph to keep going a little bit. You know, keep going. Um, so Blondie discovered it. She was given a cassette tape uh, while she was in Tokyo, and the taxi driver started tapping away on his steering wheel as she was listening to the Nerves version. Um, and she thought, "Hang on a minute, this is good. This is a good song." And that's when they recorded it. Um, and she kept the the start with the ringtone going, and it's just a fantastic pop record. That's why that one's in there. Wow! I never knew that. I never knew that was a cover version. No, no, it's interesting, isn't it? Wow. Me neither. Me neither. I, I think I, I heard. Nerves, the Nerves version's okay, yeah. Um, yeah. but when you actually listen to Blondie's, there's no comparison. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I, bought, I, I remember buying that. Yeah. yeah. I think the sign of a good cover is if you think it was actually the original, and and a few that I've chosen, I'd say two out of the. The four I've chosen, you would think, oh, I thought that was the original. Yeah. And Blondie, I, I never got into Blondie, and basically because I think it was a wee bit um, led by my more my mother than my father in, in my formative years. Um, I'd listened to their, her, you know, her stuff, and uh, she hated Blondie. She thought she was a bit of a slapper, you know. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I, I avoided Blondie's um, records, but Parallel Lines, crack an album. It's probably her her mo most noted album. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll take that out. I'll take it out and give it a, another listen. But hanging on the telephone, everybody knows that one. Yeah, yeah. And have a listen to the original version as well. See what you think about that. Yeah. Yeah, good one. Thank yeah, you. nice one, Dad. Cheers. Not a bad start. Well, that's two classics.
Okay, so over to Mark now. Okay, my first choice uh, actually was from, it was originally released in 1967 from the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. It was written by the great Lennon and McCartney. Uh, McCartney penned it and uh, John Lennon, by his own admission, uh, said that he just kind of helped him out a little bit. And it was a song written for Ringo. We all know that Ringo just played the drums and um, he was throwing a couple of tracks now and again. This one I, I love as as an original. However, the cover version, when we first started talking about cover versions for songs, this was the first that came into my head because I, I just, I think this is head and shoulders above the other three that I've chosen. Uh, it's With a Little Help From My Friends by Joe Cocker. And uh, you'll find that when you listen to it, I, I didn't realize for, until years later that uh, Led Zeppelin's Jimmy Page played um, lead guitar on it. And then only when I was um, doing a little bit more research on it this week, uh, I realized that Procol Harum, um, BJ Wilson, he played the drums. Um, so there was quite, there was quite, quite a, uh, an eclectic gathering on a fantastically uh, just soulful uh, cover version of something that was, I would say, just a, 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 a kind of melodic ditty on, on Sgt. Pepper's album. It was almost like, um, a, well, it wasn't tongue-in-cheek, but it was just like, you know, give us a hug. I'm your, it's like, you're my best friend. You know, Queen's you're my best friend. It's, it's a lovely skippy song with a meaning to it, and a, a deep meaning to it. And... You know, high praise indeed was given to, uh, I, I believe, when when Paul McCartney heard it, he just, uh, he was blown away with the song. He said it was a, a fantastic, almost homage. He said it was just mind-blowing, totally turned the song into a soul anthem, and he was forever grateful for, for Joe Cocker doing that. So for the fact that the, the, the guy who penned the song is saying that about the cover version speaks volumes. So that's why, with a little help from my friends by Joe Cocker, is getting uh, at my number, well, my first, not my number one, but my first. That's Fantastic great. song, isn't it? Yeah. One cover version that has to be in it. Yeah. Quite. I remember seeing that. I was going to say, Alan, I remember seeing that on Top of the Pops in about a year. It's probably the first time I was really aware of Joe Cocker. And he totally owned the stage, didn't he, when he was uh, up there. Yeah, sung from the heart, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely yeah. sung right from the heart. Uh, he means every every word of it when he, when he sings it. Yeah. Very good choice, Mark. Yeah, I've got a friend that's told me, I think you might be on mute, but I've got a friend that's told me many times that I really should get into Joe Cocker because I only know the couple of songs that are big, you know, it's something I should explore his back catalogue, definitely. I don't think I realised how how much he had had actually written and and released. But when we were visiting Sunset up in Sheffield University um, eighteen months ago, and we happened to be in a record store at some point, and there's a Joe Cocker section just for himself there. On there. Wow! Yeah, yeah, and, and, and do you know what's great about Cocker as well? You see him performing, uh, especially that track. He's all over the place. I mean, it became. The anthem for Woodstock, I believe, and Cocker was just off his rocker then. You know, he was heavy into drinking drugs, and you could see that it, it, it was. I don't know whether it was affecting his nervous system, but his his on stage performances were quite erratic. 
and he, he was all over the place flailing about like he was having some kind of seizure but this voice that came out of him um maintained itself whilst everything around him was just bonkers yeah he still he still came across if you closed your eyes you would have thought it was a guy just standing at a mic not a guy who was flailing about on the floor with the mic and um you know he calmed himself down over the years but uh there's the whole story about cocker and how he he faced the abyss and came back from it now i like a good you know a good news story when somebody pulls themselves out of it and he's one of those guys yeah i don't know if you rehearsed that but cocker is off his rocker i really liked <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's the irish board in me true, true or false true True or false? <laughs> Joe Cocker's son is Jarvis Cocker. False. False. Gotta be false. Both born in Sheffield. Still, still gotta be false. Still false. false. <laughs> yeah. Good yeah, try. Yeah, I would know that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that though. As, as a, a slight dig digression, I was watching that program, you know, The Terror. On BBC One, yeah. and the guy who plays the lead role, a guy called Jared Harris, who was in that uh, Chernobyl. Jared Harris, I'm looking him up because I like to do that. You know the old IMDb. Son of, like a, yeah. Son of the great Richard yeah. Harris. Absolutely. Really? I couldn't believe it. And then when you when you watch him acting, you think, ah, uh, you're like your dad. Yeah. And, and what's strange about it is he acts with an Irish accent. But he was born and bred in England. He was born in Hampstead and, uh, and, and grew up in England. But he's got his dad's accent. Well, Richard, Har Richard Harris is another story. He uh, used to go uh, on holiday in Tenby, my hometown, Wales. And there was this one time he was there, he was in some restaurant, whatever. He took a fancy to one of the waitresses and she ended up going off with him, actually going to live with him. Whoa, what? Yeah, yeah. That's mad. And that's, that's and that's how I met my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you're enjoying our movie podcast today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're off on a tangent again. Um, brilliant. Are we? Where are we, David? Is it your Yeah, turn? yeah. Coming round to me. Like, um, Go for it. I'm going to 1977. I don't think many of mine. Oh yeah, there, there is one. It's quite old. Um, this one's 1977. Um, it appeared, I think it was the last track on his album. Um, the song was written by David Bowie, Brian Eno and Carlos Alomar, is it? The, the guitarist um, on the Heroes album. Um, so the song he wrote was Secret Life of Arabia. And when I was trying to think about what songs to pick, what I really wanted was someone who had taken a song, doesn't matter how good, but they had taken it and made it their own. Uh, and it's not not looking for the perfect imitation. Um, so this is Billy McKenzie singing The Secret Life of America. There's part of a project. Yeah, there's part of a project by a couple of guys who um, I think this was before, or was it before they became Heaven 17? So Ian Marsh and uh martin ware they brought lots of different artists they'd had i think this was maybe the second album they did they'd had one on cassette before but they brought all, all different artists through doing covers great covers i mean 
Glenn Gregory, who then became the singer for Heaven Scene 17, he did the Wichita Lineman, so, which is one of the best covers of that one. But Billy McKenzie on this, just fantastic. I don't know if, if you younger lads recognise it or know it. No, not aware of that one. No, oh, me neither. Do, do you know no. Billy McKenzie even? You probably don't. No, no it doesn't ring any bells at all. So uh, oh, he... dad, do. You do. You just do don't I? hear that. Yeah, yeah, The Associates. Okay. The band The Associates, Scottish oh, band. Yeah, yeah. Party Fears yeah. too. Okay. The Associates, were, were they not Scottish? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Were they not from Dundee? Don't know. No, I don't know. I think that's a conversation killer. When you're, when you're from down south, Scotland's just Scotland, isn't it? Oh, we see. Here. And you wonder why they want shot at you. <laughs> <laughs> if we rewind a bit, I'll go, Mark, yes, I think you were from Dundee. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, that's a brilliant choice. That's brilliant. Yeah, I, I bought that album. Yeah. Um, and um, I know exactly uh, where you're coming from on this. This Sandy Shaw, I think, is on it as well. Yeah, yeah. Na Nancy that's Sinatra. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, they they, did, they actually done, did all together three albums like that. There's the music for music of quality and distinction. That's it. Yeah, that's the name of the album, and they did. Uh, they ended up doing three of them together. But um, yeah, fantastic uh, choice there. I remember you could buy it uh, the album as I think it was five seven inch singles. Came in a little oh, seven-inch box. Really? Uh, yeah, but I, I, at the time I thought, oh, I think it was quite quite a bit more than just buying the standard 12-inch uh, vinyl. Um, but you talk, you spoke about the first uh, album that they did, music for Stowaways. That yeah. was only available on cassette. Yeah, yeah. I've got the um, I've got a, a vinyl promo of that, only available on cassette. Uh, oh, picked up stunning. one vinyl promo. Stunning. Yeah, but yeah, great choice. Now, now that you mentioned the associates, um, a very good friend of mine, uh, shout out to him, he's over in Canada, um, that was my poor attempt at a Canadian accent, um, <laughs> Joe, Kosher, Joe was a big fan of the Blue Nile and the associates, oh, nice. and uh, yeah, Billy McKenzie now rings a, rings a bell, they, they are from Dundee, I'm sure they're from Dundee, they are, I've just checked, yeah, they are. yeah along with the average, average white band, they were another great set from the city of discovery wow didn't realize that i think i think we're heading towards a scottish edition at some point aren't we yeah on this basis good that's good see what is under i don't know if it's under british or okay no good choice david thank you it's yourself now then alan if you want to come back all right yeah okay number two for me uh this one was um Originally written by a Motown songwriting team of Lamont Dozier and Brian and Eddie uh, um, Holland. Um, originally, it was recorded uh, or written for uh, Marvin Gaye in 1964. Uh, but the version I'm talking about was on this guy's album, which was called Gorilla. Um, um but i'm not even going to go to that album i'm going to go to uh the version that's on a live uh recording released in 1993 by james taylor oh, uh, called james taylor live funnily enough 
Um, the track I'm thinking about is, or the version I'm thinking about, or the song is How Sweet It Is To Be Loved By You. Such a great song. Uh, it's, um, this version is a, is a total band version. Um, he's got all these great musicians around him. Uh, game goes on for over six minutes. I've managed to get that in again. Um, and it's got some lovely, lovely uh, instrumental parts and ad-libs from James. Um, and it's almost sung in a, in a, in a gospel style. Um, the way he sings it and, and he, he gradually builds up and builds up and builds up and uh, you know you can I can hear him now I want to thank you I want to stop and thank you baby I just want to stop and thank you baby Ooh. Uh, yes fantastic I find it really really uplifting and spiritual whenever I hear that and uh, luckily I mean, I mean the first um, version of this I had it came on one of those fat box fat box CDs but lucky enough um, a couple of years ago um, music on vinyl brought out a lovely lovely pressing um, on clear vinyl and it's absolutely stunning this rendition um, so and for you people watching at home oh that's a great cover nice. that's good. yeah um, it, I say um, it's just it's, it's just He's sort of like, I think he's closing off like the first part of the um, performance, um, you know, and he, he, he always has an interval um, where he, you know, he, he comes out um, and signs autograph all, all, all along the front row and he will sign everybody on the front row. Um, you know, he did, you know, the band go off and, you know, do what they do, you know, in the middle of the performance, but he stays out and talks and, and chats and signs autographs and women's knickers and things like that. Uh, he's, a, he's a fantastic performer. Um, I think I've mentioned that before about him. I, I really like this guy. Yeah. And uh, again, I was playing him last night, not that particular album, but he's not never very far from my ears. So oh. that's my second choice. Good. Another great one. Yeah, I've always really loved this song. Um, I didn't realise it start out as a as was it as a live song is that what you were saying it was first released as well it was originally marvin gay written for marvin gay right. 1964 um and it did but this his first version was on um, uh, james's album was called gorilla right okay but um the version that i love is this oh, one right. on the, this live album if you can seek this out, David, you might have to pay a bit now. But okay, and there are two there are two versions of this, um, uh, so be careful. Make sure you buy write a music one. Okay. But, uh, yes, great, great, great song. I think um, James James Taylor was he was very close to featuring in, in in this episode for me, and last week's episode. So. Um, I was going to choose You've Got a Friend by James Taylor, which is a, a cover of, I believe, Carol King's. From uh, yeah. And um, that would have gone in. It, it, it's, it snuck out of my top four love songs. And it, it also was narrowly picked for the post this week as a cover. Um, he's, he's such a, a huge talent. And uh, when, I, when I first heard him sing, I. I I thought it was a bit twee, so, but uh, once you get into him, he's, he's hugely talented. 
and, and as you say, he, he makes a song his own. He really does. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, of course, him and Carol were very big friends, you know, right from the beginning. She, um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of her songs that she wrote, she wrote with James in mind, actually performing them. Um, but yeah, they're big power, big friends, and, and I'm sure they still are. Uh, I've seen him about three, four times. Um, Charlotte's had a picture taken with him down at the front of the stage. My sister got her ticket autograph when she went to see him. Um, yeah, I haven't got round to meeting him yet, but uh, I hope I hope to see him again before yeah. before too long, hopefully. Which reminds me, a year ago today was the last time I went to a live concert. Um, it was Morrissey. Um, Oh, yeah. uh, London, yeah. A year ago today was the last time I was in a pub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. It was. It was actually we were talking about this. Uh, it was as a mate of mine at work. Uh, we were told on March the sixth. Uh, went to, went to a bar called Monty's Bar in Edinburgh. It's uh, you know real ill, and a bunch of us were sitting there. One of the lads said, "Who was in the know?" He said, um, "The world's going to be a different place in four weeks, and uh, expect to work from home for the next four months." And here we are, a year later. <laughs> and um, and then I went to meet a couple of couple of friends in Falkirk for the Cheltenham races, oh, and no. I believe it was a Friday, the fourteenth or Saturday. It was a Friday or Saturday. It was a Saturday because Saturday. Um, yeah, it was the last. It was the last day of the rugby. That's it was right. the last weekend of the rugby. Yeah, so we we went out for yeah beers and and, and nibbles, and and that was the last time I set foot in a a public house. Wow. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> Temperance, my child. I was in Fort Kirk a few years ago, Mark. I went on the Fort Kirk wheel. Did you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you have a boat? sounds like a fairground ride, but it's the thing that goes up into the canal. And oh, along. fantastic piece of machinery. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was amazing, yeah. yeah. It connects the uh, Union Canal with the Fourth and Clyde Canal. Oh, there you go, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's... It's um, a magnificent feat of um, engineering, it really is. Yeah, it was stunning, yeah. Almost like a fairground ride, it was just so entertaining, yeah. <laughs> Highly recommended. Is that when you came, is that when you went up to Edinburgh for your holiday? Yeah, yeah, going back a bit now, but yeah, it was. That was when I was filming for, um, oh, was that what, yeah, I might be filming for The Weakest Link at the time, so it's going back probably right. 10 years, actually. Uh, it's yeah, around that because we met up, we met up, didn't we? In that pouring rain. That's right, we did, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. We've got the Kelpies now as well. All right. We up at the time. I don't know if uh, the Kelpies would have been up by then, but they're they're fantastic. You can yeah. walk from the Falkirk Way right down to the Kelpies. Oh, cool! Well, we didn't yeah. that. Big shout out for Falkirk today. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> Falkirk. Yeah. Excellent. Love it. Got a tourist board. <laughs> <laughs> She gets oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, Alan's off on one. Let, let's let's uh, bring it round to Darren. I was just reading the football results out. Yeah, I'm all up again. Academicals, <laughs> Neil. Too much Stella. I've got a mate. I've got a mate. He's got a soft spot for Queen of the South. Weirdly, as well. Where oh. most of Do you want me to do that as well? Old got Neil. Queen of the South, Neil. <laughs> That's for you, Matthew Brown. That's for I think he's got a soft spot for them. So, <laughs> okay, Darren, <laughs> give us your show. second one. Yeah, let's get on. Otherwise, we're gonna have a three-hour show again, aren't we? Um, so this one, 
This is a tune that takes me right back to my teen years. Um, it was originally intended as a track for the US record company, Electra. It was going to be a track for their 40th anniversary. But the band decided to keep it because they loved it. And they recorded something different by the same artist. Um, but if I was to give you one line, I think everybody will know exactly what song this is. So you're twisting my melon, man. That's the one. So it's uh, obviously the Happy Mondays with Step On. Uh, from 1990, it was a number five single, which was one worse than John Congos got with it in 1971. So it's John Congos, um, he's going to step on you again. So they changed the title slightly, made it step on. Um, for me, I think I was 18 at the time, and it just summed up the kind of indie, just as we're sneaking into the Britpop era, um, my kind of big influence in music. Yeah, Alan's doing the dance. We had the dance. We had Bez with his maracas jumping around in the background. Um, it was just brilliant. I mean, it even got to number 57 in the US Billboard chart, which for an act like that then was pretty unheard of to even get in their Billboard chart. Um, and it's just, it came from the album Pills, Frills and Belly Aches. And as soon as you hear the intro kick in, it's unmistakable. Uh, heavily sampled from the John Congos track, but it just summed up an era, summed up the start of the 90s for me. That's why that one's made it in there. Brilliant choice. Yeah. I didn't oh, know that was cool. a cover. I didn't know that was a cover. No. no Did you not? Wow. Well, no. Wow. Oh, I think you'll know the song. If you listen to He's Going to Step on You Again, I think you'll oh, no. know it. Well, the no, original. I, I'm not saying, but I didn't know the original. It wasn't. I didn't know that wasn't their original. Oh, okay. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess... It's a good sign of a good song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, technically, cover might be bending it slightly. It's just really heavily sampled. Mm. Um, I believe even taking part of the title. So it got in there for me. It was close. There's so many I wanted to put in, but that one just had to go in there for me. Uh, Please take that into number five. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Did I mention that when we were recording or not? (laughs) But there was the wedding present covering um, Back for Good by Take That, which very nearly sneaked in. Yeah. <laughs> that's worth a listen. Brilliant. So there you go. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you. No, that's great. Okay, then, Mark, it's with your second one. All right. I'm, I'm going to take it down a notch. It's, this one's about depressing. Well, it's depressing. I, I don't know. Um, what's, uh, this song was originally released by a band called Nine Inch Nails. Um, I think the original version was in '95. Know what's coming? You know what's coming? Yeah, you know what's coming. Right. And it was re-released a year, well, a matter of months before his death, um, on the album American Four: The Man Comes Around. Now that opening track itself just blows my mind away. Such a powerful album, and just so heartfelt. The guy knew that he was in, in, in the, the late stages of his life. He, lo- he just lost his wife, June Carter. And the song is "Hurt," uh, "Hurt" by Johnny Cash. And even now, thinking about it, it gives me it gets me a bit emotional. The the video, the lyrics, it, it was just made for him. Uh, the guy who wrote it, um, uh, Re- Reznor, Trent Reznor, he he was um, worried that it might be a bit. You know, he was flattered, but it, it might be a bit gimmicky. And uh, I like this. This you know, I did a wee bit of looking up on, on Wiki, and he said when he heard it, he said tears were welling uh, in his eyes. There was just silence and good goosebumps. 
and uh, he, he essentially once again like a bit like McCartney when he heard Cocker's version he just thought the song was written for for cash and he, he actually did another cover ver cover version on the b-side of Depeche Mode's uh, Personal Jesus that could have got into the top four as well uh, Johnny Cash I only get into him in my, my early 30s um, when I used to frequent um, Amsterdam with a bunch of mates um, we're you know we're still all in touch but we don't we don't um, head to Amsterdam these days or or places like that but uh, we used to go to a bar we nicknamed Dino Martino's I don't know why uh, well it's a long story I do know why but I'll, it's for another time and we used to stick on one of the guys in the in the uh, the gang a guy called Tony Knox um, he hated that kind of music all he liked was he, he only liked U2 he would listen to U2 and that was it so to piss him off we'd stick stick on Johnny Cash Folsom Prison Blues um, a bit of Ring of Fire and uh, when when this album came out I, I got this album for him and told him to have a listen to it and uh, he actually he, he appreciated it um, it's it's bloody powerful and if you haven't heard it you really should uh, but not if you're on a real <laughs> a real <Right>. downer uh, <laughs> you, you, listen, listen to it when you're you're kind of you're feeling okay uh, uh, but uh, it's it's a it's a it was written for him, the, the whole thing. It was written for that time in his life. It was written for his his candor in his voice. Um, he he expresses so well uh, through this almost this monotone in a way. It's hard to describe. But yeah, Hurt is in there as my second song by Johnny Cash. Yeah, good voice, Mark. Yeah. What can you say about that? It's just a brilliant song, isn't it? Um, I think did he not only did did he not pass away only about a year or so after he recorded that as well? Months after, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. I think he passed away in '03, and the the, the tune came out in '02. Because I, I remember yeah. watching it. Uh, I don't know whether it was in a sports bar or whatever, and and it, it was on, and. Um, or could have been on MTV, had it on the background or whatever, anyway, this, this song came on and then a matter of months later, he was actually suffering, I think he had um, oh, I, I don't know if it was Alzheimer's or whatever, but mm. uh, things were kicking in and he just uh, he died of a broken heart as well, uh, with his, his, his soulmate, uh, June Charter passed yeah. away and uh, this, yeah, as I said, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but that song was completely written for him yeah, yeah it's brilliant how he kind of the last 10 years or so kind of reinvented himself a bit didn't he and experimented a bit more and i know he was on one of the u2 tracks on zeropa as well wasn't he yes the wanderer uh, the wanderer yeah that's right yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was at what 70 80 years old whatever he was he's never stopped inventing himself did he really yeah fantastic and that was on my short list as well for for today and mine yeah yeah thumbs up Brilliant. Okay, so I'm going to go with my second one. Uh, again, it's an, one by originally written by Lennon and McCartney, inspired by Mia Farrow's sister um, when they were out in India. Um, her name was Prudence. And if, if you know the song, Dear Prudence, yeah. um, there was a cover of that by... Susie Nabanchis, which came out in 83. I just love this. I always love the sound, the tone of Susie Nabanchis. 
Um, I give a shout out to my friend Cookie, who's who's seen them an obsessive number of times. Uh, but but this again, it's it's uh, it's about taking a great song and just doing something with it, which gives gives it a, a, a different feel, a completely different feel. Uh, so for me, for putting on Susan the Banshees, always love the sound of them, and uh, to hear Susie's voice, but also the the instrumentation that that comes along with this is just a a great song. And I've got it as a single. Um, it's probably one I need to get. I need to get the uh, Nocturne album, which I don't have yet, mm. into my collection on there. So, fantastic song. Uh, this was automatically came into my head as uh, one of my top four that I wanted to include for today's one. Okay, I, I don't know if, um, Darren, you're familiar with it? Yeah, it's another song that came out just as I was kind of ex- just getting to know music, really. What was I, probably 10 or 11 then? Right. Uh, did you say... Three. Yeah. So yeah, I was eleven, which is when I started listening to Radio One and recording it all on cassettes and listening to the chart show. And I remember that one well. Yeah, great tune. Good stuff. Yeah, I bought this at the time. Um, Twelve inch, of course. Uh, see the cover now; it's like a pink cover. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's lovely, lovely uh, pressing from from what I recall, because it's quite a short song, um, yeah. but it's all. Uh, it's all on just one side of a 45, yeah. you know, sing, 12 inch single, so it's great quality. Obviously uh, too short to get into your list. Hmm? Obviously too short to get into your list. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's got to be at least five. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're going to write a song, you know, write a song. <laughs> no, but um, obviously coming from the, you know, where the original came from, they were famous for writing uh, fantastic yeah. uh, short Singles, yep. Lennon and McCartney. Yeah, um, yeah, great, great version. It was it was budgie um, playing on that. Oh, maybe I remember that. Possibly, yes. Oh, they did play on some of the the records, didn't they? Yeah, but um, yeah, great track and um, no. sort of ringing through my head now. Yeah, I, I have to say, I mean, I'm going to be a bit contentious. I, I do prefer the original, probably because I'm, you know, I'm, I do, I do I love the Beatles. But um, the deal, it, it's a bit like the Stranglers version of Walk On By. It, it puts a completely different slant on it. Yeah. And I think when you're in that Susie and the Banshee zone, you, you do appreciate it all the more. I, I do remember it coming out uh, in whatever it was, the early 80s, uh, and being not, not a bit appreciative of it because I was so young. Right. I think you know I would have been so eighty three. I would have been 10, 10, 11 years old, and didn't didn't really get that. However, I'm I'm pretty sure that if I put it on today, I'd I'd see I'd see that different slant to it, and know why it's a it's a, for you. It's a yeah. great cover version. Yeah, I think I'm probably the other way around. I probably recognise it more as a Susie and Banshees track. Ah, than the it's really yeah. weird, even though we're similar age. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. strange. I'm just. I guess yeah. it's when you hear it, how it connects with you, isn't it? It's about Absolutely. the first one you hear sometimes as well, isn't it? If you, if, if Mark, you were hearing the Beatles beforehand, then, or you were yeah. tuned into the Beatles more. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, interesting. Good show. Nice one. Yeah, Here we go. unexpected. Ah. I think that will be in there. Yeah, Mister Turner, you always come up with a. Uh... I'll tell you. Ones are just a little bit um, 
out there, shall we say? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. No yeah, surprise. No surprise there. It's a bit. It's a bit weird. It's a bit. You know. It's a bit of a gazer. <laughs> Maybe that's going a bit far. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Alan, here's here's with your third one. Okay, right. Uh, uh, well, I was researching this particular one, and uh, I found out that it was inspired um, uh, by uh, Priscilla Presley's book called Elvis and Me. Mm. I have to say, I had no clue that she and Declan McManus were an item. I never knew that. I never knew that. Um, I now realise that she was talking about Elvis Presley, not Elvis Costello. Uh, anyway, um, the song is about being a Jesus for somebody else, somebody to give you hope and care. Um, originally written by Martin Gore, released in 1989, and it was a lead single from the band's seventh studio album called Violator. Mm -hmm. uh, the version that I'm uh, uh, talking about was uh, recorded by a certain Johnny Cash in 2003 um, off the American Fall, A Man Comes Around album. And uh, it's a stripped down version of the track Personal Jesus. Uh, again, just um, Mark was. Um, we haven't. There's no collusion here, is there, at all, Mark? No, no it's really thank, thank you, son. <laughs> and um, I find it such a haunting song, uh, sung from the heart. Uh, as Mark said, it, it, it's it's oh, the songs on this album are, are mostly almost spoken like, which is. You know, Johnny Cash is, uh, I guess, trademark to a certain extent. Mm. But, um, I mean, the song itself, the original by Depeche Mode, it is, is in its own light. It's a, it's a fantastic, I mean, the, you know, the, the, the minute the, the, the intro starts with that and the drums start kicking in, you know what that song is. Um, but, um, you know, to go from what, you know, the original is quite a, uh synthesizers drum machines whatever you want to call it where this version is so just strip back um but he sings it from the heart and as mark mark said you this this is almost the sort of song that you know when you listen to it properly can make you cry um uh, you know at least the odd tear comes into your eyes so it's such a powerful song um and it's interesting the theory of somebody else being your beacon, being your somebody you can relate to, somebody you talk to, somebody you love, I suppose. Um, you know, in dark times, you know, to to give you hope and something to look forward to. Um, so, yeah, it's not one of the most cheerful songs. Um, but, I mean, we know... Um, Depeche Mode songs aren't known for their cheeriness, and particularly with um, you know, the lead singer Dave Gone, the problems he's experienced. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, a lovely cover version, different to the original, 
um, but really, really excellently performed. And um, you kind of maybe you know that you know Johnny Cash knew that he didn't have long to live at the time when he was recording it, and maybe that's reflected in his in the, in the way that you know it's sung. But um, yeah. yeah, great, great, great track and. Um, would have thought there'd be two, at least two, that we know about Johnny Cash album, Johnny Cash covers yeah. coming from the same album. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What year was that one recorded, Alan? As well, was that two thousand and two as well? Then two thousand and three. It's from the same album. Yeah. Oh, two thousand and three. So that was literally. Yeah. Rough. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. For those people walking, listening at home. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. I mean, that's one of those songs that, to be honest. I can't choose a favourite out of a Depeche Mode version or a Johnny Cash version. Yeah. I'm a big Depeche Mode fan. Yeah. Big fan of that cover and of Johnny Cash in general. Uh, I think you said haunting, and I find them both extremely haunting mm. in a brilliant way. Mm. Great shots and both, both great songs. Yeah. Vi Violator is easily my favourite Depeche Mode album. Yeah. I couldn't have put a better album. Couldn't have put a better man. Yeah. I think you summed it up really well. Yeah, brilliant. That's wow. great. That was on my short list as well. There's another one yeah. in there. So I'm looking yeah. forward to this playlist. Yeah. <laughs> Cracking. Cracking. That, that's a good one. So let's work our way around. Who's next? Uh, Darren. Oh, we're back to me. Okay. Um, okay, so this one. I'm going to be completely honest. Um, I didn't know this was a cover version until I started researching these um, the other night for, for this show. So I discovered that this was originally um, the song itself, <coughs> like, um, a big band standard. It's got all of that big band feel. And I was thinking, how did this artist manage to do that? Um, and when I started looking, it's because it was a big band standard. Originally written in German, by a chap called Harry Horst Winter in 1948. Um, excuse my German, but it was entitled Und jetzt ist es still. Um, if anyone's good at German, they might know exactly what I'm talking about already. Um, it was recorded again in 1951 by Betty Hutton, an American. And then finally, not done again, I don't believe, until 1995 by um, a wonderful, beautiful little Icelandic lady called Björk. Um, this song is It's Oh So Quiet by Bjork. Um, Brilliant. It was the third single from Post, which was our second album, and it gave her her biggest hit to date. Um, absolutely brilliant. I mean, we know how experimental Bjork is, and this was no different until her fan unearthed that 1948 track to decide to cover. And it's just brilliant, the change of pace and tone and volume. Um, I remember when the album came out, that song just captivated me. So it's oh so quiet. I have to say, that is the best shout of the day so far. <laughs> Thank you. I'm surprised. I really do. I mean, okay, so, some, some of them, I, I would say that, that those that we've chosen so far are fantastic. But that, I'd never have called that one out as a cover version. No. I would have thought that's that's hers. That song is hers. And then when you explain the history to it and the, and the big band, and yeah. it's going to your head. Brilliant. Yeah, it, really sense, it? it was recorded in French as well in 1948 by the same guy. But... Brilliant. Great yeah. show. And you can find a German version on YouTube, and it's really worth a watch. <laughs> Completely different. <laughs> Completely different, but 
Really good, yeah. Nah, the Germans do it better. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Mark. Glad you enjoyed that one. <laughs> nice one, man. How about anyone else? Does that resonate with anybody? Volkort Neil, Borussia Mönchengladbach Neil. Yeah. I don't know what accent he's doing, guys. Oh, German. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Sounded, it sounded like your Scottish oh. one. I think it was Tenby. Gaffy Da, Gooden Crumbler, That's good call. I don't know, wouldn't have. No, no. That must be 100 miles, 100 million miles away. For me, thinking that was a cover version. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was that Atlantic bird, you know, doing her own thing. I didn't yeah. realise. You know, I thought she'd be. Yeah, I didn't know that was a cover version. No. And I haven't got any Bjork in the house. Have you not? I've got chicken. I've got lamb. <laughs> I've got turkey. I haven't got any Bjork. Any Bjork. Oh, brilliant. Well, I can certainly recommend, before she went too experimental, I mean, that's a sort of um, an acquired taste, if you like, but I can yeah. recommend uh, Post, the second album, and Debut was her debut. <laughs> right. I'd, I'd start with Debut, then, if you right. want to start anywhere. I'll, I'll give you a few recommendations. Yeah. Uh, Debut's amazing. Debut was in the Hollywood Top 100, I believe. Yeah. So for yeah, I think all, it was. You're right. For all those avid three listeners that have been here from the start, <laughs> they'll, uh, they'll, they'll know debut the album. Oh, but if anyone is listening that knew that that song was a cover version, please let us know. <laughs> yeah, do, yeah. I'd be intrigued to know if anyone was aware. Have, but... have you also been locked in a room like Darren? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you need help? Brilliant. You often recite football results. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll be buzzing as well tonight if Tottenham beat Arsenal in a minute, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah. I might just break land for that one. <laughs> yeah. An Ireland Tottenham Hotspur double whammy win would do nicely. Yeah, you'd be well happy. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, where are we up to, David? We're up to now, Mark. Your, okay. your, your next choice. Right, this one I didn't know was a cover. Well, I did. I did know it was a cover version when it was released by Ronan Keaton. Forgive me, forgive me. Um, this song was originally released as a country song back in '88, um, I believe, on the Billboard Hot Country chart by Paul Overstreet and Don Schlitz. Uh, the song was then covered in '95 by the lassie who I think is just uh, out of this world. I've mentioned her a few times. She's uh, had recordings with Robert Plant uh, with Raising Sand. She's also She also plays with a band called Union Station. Her name, of course, is Alison Krauss. Alison Krauss does a wonderful version of um, When You Say Nothing At All. Such a beautiful tune. I used to take the piss out of the Roman Keaton version until I realized he was actually singing about his, his recently deceased mum. And uh, I had a bit of a bit of well empathy as well as sympathy when when uh, when I watched the video of him singing it. However, Alison Krauss, just a bit like Johnny Cash, she has something in her voice that um, it's oh it's almighty powerful, really it really is. And um, the, the the words to this it's a it's a true bare naked love song, and uh, it's very true as well. I think you, you know you love someone. 
um, when they just keep their mouths shut. Yeah. No, um, no, when you can sit in, in their company and not have to say a word, you know, that, that kind of thing where you're just sitting with yeah. someone in the car or you're uh, and, and uh, other, apart from like having fallen out. Uh, but a, you know, the way comfortable you're silence. Comfortable silence. And this song is kind of all about that. It's a it's a lovely thing because everybody goes on about love and its different guises and how you can express love. But the, the, one of the most beautiful ways you can do that is being in someone's company in the same room, whether it's reading a book or, or, or whatever, and knowing that they're there, you're there for them and they're there for you. And there's complete silence and just don't, knowing that they're present makes you feel uh, warm and protected and loved. And this song, I think, epitomizes that. And, and this song covered by Alison Krauss really expresses it in its, its truest, purest way. So that's that's going into my top four. I, I didn't think it was, I thought it was her original. I didn't realise it was released uh, years before that. Stunning song. It's probably the one I'd know the least out of the ones that I know are, uh, are in the 16 today. Uh, like you, I didn't know it was a cover either because it, it just sounds like it's something that she would write as well. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i'm not sure i know her version you know and i really need to because all i've got in my head now is ronan keating which nobody wants really yeah i mean I'll, <laughs> I'll definitely have a good listen to that later yeah do please do and listen to listen to the um if you can get the live version of it there are a number of live versions but the live version it it, it brings out the strength the power of our voice and um yeah, Keaton did. Keaton, he didn't do it any ill. No, uh, it's not a bad version. Not I'm a bad version, but it was listenable, you know. Yeah. Uh, which, you say, who was it originally? Did you say? Two two chaps. Uh, Paul Overstreet. It was written by Paul Overstreet and Don Schlitz. Right. And uh, a guy called Keith Whitley. Okay. Took it to the top of the Billboard country singles. Mm. So that was '88, and then Alison Krauss released it in. 95 and then our Ronan did it four years later he knew he was on a good thing because you can't you cannot go wrong with the song itself i mean the, the lyrics the tune it's it's made to be a hit but it's how it's sung and uh, it's, it's the meaning behind it as, as i tried to in a very ham-fisted way <laughs> express how that how that silence in, in, a, in a relationship really is quite powerful yeah Oh, yeah, he was excellent. the king at pulling out a cover version, wasn't he? To keep his career going. Yeah. Otherwise, you end up with stuff like "Love Is a Roller Coaster." You know, that's, <laughs> I don't think that was a cover, was it? <laughs> I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> no. I got nothing at all to say about this. Then we'll move on. Fair enough. <laughs> I, okay, I'm going to take us back to the mid '40s as well. Uh, for for my third choice, so through through blood, through through DNA, uh, and, and osmosis from conversations, uh, I've got a, a connection with with Paris, uh, where my father was born during the war. Because of his particular circumstances, he was half French, half British, um, and he had to hide in occupied France. So basically, for the duration of the war, he had to leave leave Paris, leave his parents' home and hid during in occupied France, mostly along the Loire Valley. To be honest, he never spoke a great deal about it. 
uh, which which I can understand. Uh, but what always made a, a really big impression on me is what it would have been like after spending those years, you know, cycling at night when it was safer, safer to try and find somewhere to sleep, find some food. Um, but when it came to 1945, um, onto VE Day, coming back to Paris, what that must have felt like. And for him, I suppose that's why he clearly had a huge emotional attachment to jazz music, to other artists who came good, at, who who were big at that time. So he he was always a, a huge Glenn Miller fan. Um, but there was a there was someone else who released a song. Actually, started singing it in forty five. I think it might have been released released in forty seven as a song. Um, it's a song that went on to be covered by many acts. Um, it appeared seven times in the Billboard one hundred, recorded by different acts uh, artists. Um, and it's La Vie en Rose. So originally written and and I think it was written anyway, sung by Edith Piaf. So for me, there's that connection there. But then when I heard Grace Jones do her her cover of it, she did it to a, a, a bossa nova rhythm. And it's it's, it's very moving. Uh, it's quite interesting as well, just as, as part of the, the research of this, um, what she says about it. It's a, she said, it's a very special song to me. Oh God, I cry every time I sing it. I had quite a few French lovers, so every time I sing it, I think about them. Um, <laughs> so, so we all, <laughs> yeah. Um, but in terms of a tune, so I'm a bit obsessed by this one. I've got a Spotify list with a, a, a great number of covers of this one, which is which is just great um, to to put on every now and again. And there's a few songs I've got like that. Autumn Leaves as well, Edith PF and Summertime. There's so many that have been covered over the years uh, of those three songs. But for that one, that Grace Jones one, it's just a completely different feel and just melt when I hear that one. Wow, I don't know it at all. Well, I know the song. I know the Edith PF one, beautiful right. song. I yeah. don't know the version though. So I'm looking forward to hearing that already. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah, I was playing Grace Jones last night. Slave to the Rhythm. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Partly because I think uh, she was on uh, Jewels on Friday, wasn't she? Oh, was she? An oh, interview, okay. yeah. Oh, and Weller was on as well. Um, oh, yeah. Um, no, yeah, great, great song. Um, How old is she? We were just, we were actually, because I was talking with, with my, my wife and daughter about uh, about picking some songs. She must be early 70s. That's what I was wondering, yeah. Wow, is she? I was going to say 60s. Yeah. I was, I would think early seventies now. Yeah, she's got a great okay. voice. Great voice. Seventy-two. Seventy-two. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. I was to say I'm familiar with the Edith Piaf right. uh, version of Lady Rose, but not but I, Jones. But yeah, I put it on the playlist, and you'll get a chance to to hear it. Then um, you'll hear again. It's someone who's taken a song and transformed it. Uh, to to their way of or interpreting it in their own style, um, love it, and uh, I'll be playing but, a game yeah. after this. It's obviously um, something very personal for you, Dave. Yeah, you know, thinking about you, how you, you know, how your dad must have felt leaving his parents and yeah. having to survive, you know, on his own, and 
never knew what was coming, no. what was around the corner. Um, in fact, I'll give you a short a short story. So my, my dad, so whilst I was growing up, he worked for uh, worked for Air France at Heathrow Airport and met lots of people. And he ended up one time and meeting up with someone who had been a pilot for the Luftwaffe, and they had a discussion about the war. And they were they worked out that this guy must have bombed an area that that he was hiding in around the time he was there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, okay, time to move on. Last lap, guys. It's me again. It's you again, Alan. Okay, right. Here we go. Um, this one was originally written by a guy called Reggie Lucas for this artist's first studio album in uh, 1984 uh, for the music. Uh, pop music phenom phenomenon, you know what I mean. Phenomenon, phenomenon, Madonna. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's uh, a track. It was available. It was a single off of the of her first album, which was called Madonna. Um, and it's a nice little um, popular ditty. Um, but the version I'm thinking of is very totally radically different and the only version the only reason i know about this song is um a few years ago when i was in the record store day q at david's in latchworth um and um just as you know before they open the store they, they bring out some stalls which they they put in and it's uh, a lot of you know buy an album for a quid or cds and DVDs and things like that. And, you know, so, you know, it was probably about another hour or so before I was due to go into the shop in the queue. And um, I started going through the stuff there, as you do. And um, I suddenly spotted um, in just like, a, it was didn't have a cover. It was just a clear CD case. And I spotted the name Flaming Lips. And the next word I saw was promo. <laughs> and I picked it up and it said, borderline and I thought I wonder if that's the same borderline that appears on Madonna's album um, and so yeah true I looked at it I saw it it wasn't written by um, you know Wayne Coyne certainly from Flaming Lips so I thought that well, this must be anyway I persuaded myself to buy it and um, I thought it would be of, of of interest and I got home and I played it and it's absolutely bonkers it's totally <laughs> radically different than the original but the way that they've done and it's not just by flaming lips it's with their chums called star death and white dwarfs um right. and they did go on to do uh funnily enough in oh it might have been yeah, I think maybe even the year after, uh, they had recorded um, a cover version of Dark Side of the Moon, the whole album. Mm. They went on oh. to record this. But this um, this this version of Borderline is, is tremendous. Um, it's, I mean, you know, the way that Wayne Coyne sings it, he's, he's almost singing like, because he's got quite a high pitched voice, He's almost singing it um, a bit like 
like a girl would sing it. Um, but the musicianship behind it and the way this thing, this builds up is absolutely superb. Um, you've probably never heard this version. Um, I believe it was written for some kind of compilation album um, featuring all of Madonna's music and uh, other artists. I haven't got it, but it's probably one of the best 50 pences I've spent <laughs> on music, you know, for a long, long time. And um, it's just a lovely, lovely, unusual version. Of, if you know the original and then you listen to this and you will just go, wow. Um, the guys must have spent quite a bit of time, you know, doing the arrangement. And uh, it's just it's astounding. So that's my fourth and final choice. That is borderline the version by Flaming Lips and Star Death and White Dwarfs. And who'd have thought we'd got that word in two <laughs> weeks running? That sounds absolutely brilliant. It's not. It's not a version. I don't. I'm not even aware of it. I love the Flaming Lips, but I've never heard it. I've got a feeling though that I did see it released in America for Record Store Day probably 10 years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on, I, I've got that in my head. I might be wrong, but I'm sure they released a seven inch of it. But, oh, wow. but I've never heard it. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah I want to say, I only saw it and thought, oh, well, I'll have a punt 50 pence. Um, so yeah, so yeah, great version. Yeah, oh, that's so very painting lips. I can't show you it for people at home because it's upstairs with my up in the loft with all my CD singles. So uh, I think I think I'm going to use, use your line, Alan. Uh, when I when I chose when <laughs> you say nothing at all, and that's I've, I've nothing to say on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the reason I was saying that is because I was being silent, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> I was in that car with you. Oh, on that car beautiful, oh, beautiful, beautiful. I love you too, Alan. Yeah. I, well, we have covered this, haven't we? I have covered this. You know, ever fallen yeah. in love with someone you've never <laughs> yeah. fallen in love with? That's you, that is. Yeah. You're my personal Jesus as well. Oh, <laughs> no, that's, that's a good one. Uh, second, second artist to, that we've talked about today that I've seen play in Iceland. Do you know what? Do you know what? We've got really good feedback on uh, when you sound out the. The soundtrack, you know, the Spotify soundtrack. All right. All the songs. Really good feedback. I'm, really, I'm particularly looking forward to the Flame and Lips, um, and, and a few other, a few other choices. That, that, there. That's if it's on there. They may, they may need Alan to dig his single out. No, yeah. there, there is um, a promo single, a promo video you can play, Dave. Okay. Right. Yeah, that, that cool. definitely exists. Nice. Okay, that's excellent. Uh, great choice. That's great. So. Darren, on to your fourth one. Okay, yeah. So I'm going with a song uh, from 1979, um, but originally written by uh, a chap called Sonny Curtis in 1958. He then replaced Buddy Holly in the crickets uh, when Buddy Holly sadly lost his life. Um, I didn't realise as well Buddy Holly was only 22 until I started looking this up. Really? Oh, and then the amount of stuff he'd done before... He was 22. You know, it's crazy. Um, so Sonny Curtis, yeah, he replaced Buddy Holly in the crickets and performed this song. 
it was then made popular or more popular by the Bobby Fuller Four in 1966, um, and then picked up by The Clash in 1979. Um, this is I Fought the Law. Brilliant. Um, again, Brilliant. I had, I, I kind of thought it was a cover, but I wasn't positive, so I had to look it up to make sure I was right. Um, and it's just such a brilliant song. From when the drums kick in, then you've got the guitar a few bars later, and then straight into breaking rocks and the hot sun. What what a tune! Excellent. I was going to say we should all sing that together. Falkirk nil, the law one. Brilliant. And um, the only thing uh, that was quite a sad, obviously, um, it was sad when Joe Strummer lost his life so early. He was only fifty, I think. But I was just looking at this, and there's kind of, it looks like this song's a little bit dated, because obviously Buddy Holly lost his life, and then the song was performed by his band, Bobby Fuller, um, apparently. Six months after he performed the song, died of asphyxiation in his mother's car. Um, the police said it was a suicide, but people believe he was murdered. And then, of course, Strummer losing his life so early. It just seems everybody that's recorded that song has not had the best of fates. That's just an aside. But um, but stunning song, really powerful, really politically driven and motivated. And it's just they're a great band, great songs. That had to get in there for me. It's it's like the Tutankhamun of songs, isn't it? Yes. Probably associated with it. I didn't realise. Uh, I I thought that was a Clash original. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked it as well. It wasn't, but yeah, I had to check. Nice one. You really have been locked in that room. <laughs> Just me and a bottle of wine. <laughs> nice. I don't think Lord Carnarvon should record that song. <laughs> I think Donald Trump's doing a version actually. Howard, oh, good. No, Kenny did a version. Howard Carter and the Unstoppable Sex Machine. Oh, did they do what? <laughs> my bad attempt at mixing history with music. <laughs> oh, okay. Howard Carter was the archaeologist. Oh, yes. He oh. led the Dixon expedition. Yeah. And we all know Carter of the USM, don't we? They were so bad. Yeah. We do, we do. No, good choice. I never knew that. That, that was a, that joke was fun for the intelligentsia there. <laughs> yeah. that for free. Lost, lost on us then. <laughs> Come on in, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. 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 I'll, I'll let Alan finish this song. Yeah, I'll finish, finish singing The Clash. Right. This, this song was actually written by a guy who was a champion horse breeder. And, yeah, and for a wee while served as president of the Idaho Racing Commission, FYI. You're reading this? Yeah, of course I am. But I've done the research. I, I, I went into the room after Darren. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got their lives. Yeah. And, uh, and then in later life, he became, this guy became focused on uh, work as a record producer and sound engineer. He wrote this particular song in 1964 this blew me away actually when when i was doing my my, my reading up on it uh recorded by gloria jones initially in, in 64 and then covered in 1981 by the british synth pop band soft cell Came to love 
tainted one, but it's a cover version from 1964. Um, not a big fan of the band themselves. Wasn't a big fan of synth pop as well either. Uh, however, this this particular song, once again, uh, th- these cover versions that I've picked today, it's almost like these guys have written it for themselves yeah. to play, uh, to to express themselves in some some shape or form. Mark Almond uh, really does. I doff my cap to him on this one. Uh, like I said, you can tell a, a good cover if you think it's the original. Yeah. And this is going to number four. I can't say more more than that. It's um, it's beaten it's beaten Take That into fourth place. <laughs> Could it be magic? <laughs> yeah, brilliant. That was uh, that was on my short list. And David said to me the other day, he said, you can't have that one. That one's taken. <laughs> so I thought, as long as it's in there, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah great choice. Great song. Yeah. I said yesterday when when you weren't there and uh, Darren and Alan and I were talking, um, ended up buying the, the Soft Cell album, didn't we? Did you get one Cruelty as well? Cruelty Without Beauty, yeah. Cruelty yeah. Without Beauty. Yeah. yeah. No, there, uh, I, I used to, well, probably every disco I did, I probably played this. And what I did, because it, it was obviously the the 12 inch version segued into um, Where Do I, Where Did I Love Go by mm-hmm. Diana Ross. So it was Tainted Love and it would go into Where Do I Love. So the track lasted about, well, uh, it was certainly overnight, six, uh, six minutes this time. It was about nine minutes, 38. And the B-side's great as well, because it's a dub version of um, you know, these two songs. But I could make spin this out because um, uh, obviously the original I recall was by sung by Gloria Jones, mm-hmm. and um, I've got a, got a, at the time they brought out um, a twelve inch single of that on clear vinyl. So what I would do is play like go from the soft cell version uh, into Gloria Jones, then it would go um, you know you can't hurry love soft cell version, then I play the Dinah Ross version and then finish it off with the go back into the soft cell version so you could make that track last about 15 minutes or more <laughs> you know just that particular thing that's great yeah i love it i can see the single now um uh it's got a nice a lovely yellow cover with some with a drawing on uh yeah it's great 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 classic song um I, I love the band. Um, I, yeah. You know, got everything, virtually everything they've done. Uh, I never saw them live, but I did see um, Mark Almond um, once down Portobello Road one Saturday morning. I was down at the markets buying music, and he just happened to walk by. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, great band, and they they do a great cover version themselves. Um, and which almost got in into my top four, and it's a cover version of the James Bond movie uh, film um, "You Only Live Twice." It's a great, great version, and then they also uh, take you that into a uh, their version of the uh, James Bond theme. Right. And uh, yeah, so I, lo- I love uh, I love Soft Cell. Um, has anyone listened to the original? Um, it's it's really it's Northern Soul. Yeah, yeah, Gloria Jones. Yeah, it goes from Northern Soul right through to eighty synth pop, and yeah. an incredible transformation. It's brilliant, yeah. isn't it? 
Yeah. You know, it's not with the, I mean, the tempo of um, the Northern Soul, well, the Gloria Jones version is obviously much faster than the Soft Soul one. Yeah. Um, because of, you know, the, my wife, Julie, she's a massive Northern Soul fan. She, she, whenever she gets the opportunity, she'll be shuffling her feet. And uh, But yeah, great. And um, I think that's, but, you know, the, the, the guy's knowledge, you know, um, Mark Arman and, and Dave Ball, um, you know, tribute to them that they actually knew that song and had a mind to create their own version of it. And um, it is probably one of the classic cover versions. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. It's really up there. And of course, Mark Arman, he, he knows his musical history. Um, he, he he likes delving into the past. Alan Dunn, if you've got the um, the album that Mark Harmon did, which were Jacques Brel covers. Oh, is that the Mark and the Mambas ones? It could be. Uh, yeah. Oh, hang on, I know I'm thinking no, no, a bit it's later. A, it's just a blue cover. Uh, just, I mean, his his cover oh, those I know songs. You mean. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he's he's obviously um, had his own demons, mm. Mark. Um, and, and of course, um, he was lucky to be alive, really, because he had a really, really serious um, yeah, yeah. accident, motorbike accident, um, we, you know, which would have affected him. But they're dudes, and I'm, you know, they, I think they they did um, some live live concerts a couple of years ago. Um, and uh, yeah, if you want to get a great box set. Of you know, if you haven't got any soft sell, then there was um, a box set that came out a couple of years ago. Um, I can't think of the name of it now, but it's you know, it's it's got some great, great versions of you know their 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 songs. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, I'm very very. I'm I'm quite a big fan of soft sell. That's great. So look, Mark, get a great one you put in there. Thank you for that. Thanks, guys. Um, so mine's going to take a slightly different route. So yours went from Northern Soul to synth pop. Mine is going to go from singer songwriter to heavy metal. Mm -hmm. um, I'm liking that already. I yeah. was going to go with "Knocking on Heaven's Door" by Guns N' Roses. Yeah, which is just good. which is just fantastic. But I was uh, encouraged by Claire and Rebecca. To go with this one, which was the first, it was generally the first one on my list anyway. When we said we'd do this as as a selection, um, again, this one was written in 1964. So, following straight on from from yourself, Mark, um, it appeared on their uh, their album Wednesday morning, 3 a.m. It's Simon and Garfunkel, and I don't know. I I generally thought that someone else was going to put this one in there, but this is. Sound of Silence being sung by Disturbed. Oh, yeah. Which, which is just... Um, they. It's hard to make such a... I mean, Sound of Silence is a, is a standard in itself, so it's, it's actually hard to actually own that more than the original, but it's great to take a, a song like that and then turn it into something which res resonates so, so much with so many people. And, uh, Claire wouldn't normally be listening to heavy metal. It wouldn't be anywhere near her her, her iPod when she's trying to listen to anything. But this one, I think, for, for us, it's a, a family favourite, <laughs> curiously enough. 
absolutely love it. Uh, it's it did for, it's done very well. It only came out in 2015, I think, but it has been streamed a huge number of times, over a million and a half, um, which, which is, uh, I guess, testament to its popularity. I, I'm not sure I actually listened to any more of the Disturbed stuff. So I suppose that should be the idea, isn't it? Is if you hear someone do a good cover, then you should go along and uh, have a listen to some of the original material. I'm not sure it be, would be for me. But if you find something that you enjoy as much as this, then then it's a, a great choice. Yeah, I, I, do you know, I'm a massive Simon Garfunkel fan, particularly Paul Simon. Yeah, uh, love their stuff, and it, it 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 would go against the grain for me to say that someone covered one of their songs. Yeah, uh, in a, a, a better than the, mm. the original. This this is absolutely the exception to the rule. Fantastic cover version. Yes, yes, and yes again. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if anyone hasn't heard it, please do. Okay. Uh, It'll be the last one on the uh, on the playlist. Uh, brilliant. What a great choice. I thought it was Metallica originally. Uh, oh, okay, has, right, I get that. Yeah, it has a, a note of Metallica about it, but fair play to you. Great choice. Saturn Bjork. Yeah. Bjork. <laughs> isn't currently residing in Alan Jones's house. <laughs> yeah i agree great song really well done really moody atmospheric yes uh, i must admit i'd uh there was a lot of uh hoo-ha at the time um but i don't think i really got the opportunity to listen to it so i'll have to listen to it once i get this thing sorted with my spotify account yeah but uh, yeah Put, put um, some joyous in between Johnny Cash on this one, though. Okay, yeah. Maybe Actually, spread oh, them around a bit. You're right. Yeah, put a bit of, put a bit yeah. of Dana, all kinds of everything. Um, <laughs> my girl, Lollipop, or something. I, I <laughs> spread them out a bit. Uh, I'm yeah. going to put in Love is a Roller Coaster as well. I'm just going <laughs> to. But whatever you do, Alan, Alan's been winding me up this week about the Nolan Sisters covering, was it Panic by the Smiths, wasn't it? <laughs> Oh, atrocious. Oh. Just don't watch that, whatever you do. <laughs> Nightmare. Yeah, awful. <laughs> Who actually sang My Boy Lollipop? Um, oh, um, My Boy Lollipop. Oh, I always I, forget this. I did, I did see the name the other day, just because it's not one that, that I know. I want to say, like... It's one name, isn't it? I want to say like Nina or something like oh, that. Oh, it's, it's, it's something, yeah, Tiffany or something. It is a. Yeah, something like that. Um, just not sure. Where, where did you. Have you heard it recently, Mark? No, no. I just thought you need something cheery in between <laughs> in between Running <laughs> Cash and, uh, and the Disturbed the Sound of Silence. It's very deep, it's uh-huh. very dark. and uh, But it's, it's sung beautifully. Uh, it's almost like two different takes on a on a very morbid situation. One is slightly more uplifting, uh, the Simon Garfunkel version, but the Disturbed is uh, it's it's taken it to another level. It really is. Millie yeah. Millie Small. Millie, that's it. Millie Small. <laughs> yeah, you sure? knew we'd get it. <laughs> okay, guys, um, we're gonna wrap it up there. Can I just, before we do, David? Yeah, of course. Um, I just want to do a couple of shout outs to people that it wasn't on social media, so I thought I'll give them a mention. 
But my kids got involved in this one as well, which was brilliant. Uh, or two of my children. So Lena came up with I Can't Help Falling in Love by 21 Pilots, which oh, is a nice great. girl. I think almost, I think it might be a ukulele, just really chill, laid back. Fantastic. And Charlie, Charlie came up with Psycho Killer by KG Elephant. Uh, the Talking Heads classic. So that's worth a listen to. Right. Nice. If I can just bomb through some work colleagues that got involved on Friday night with this conversation. Uh, so we had ones over from Nay, Nat, Lewis, Morgan, George, Nathan, Katie, Becca, Lucy, Ali, Chloe, and Chris. If I missed anyone, I'm sorry. Um, but some standout ones here were um, we had Nothing Compares to You on our romantic playlist last week. Um, Chris Cornell's version of that which Lewis said to have a listen to. I've, I've never heard it. It was amazing. So that's worth a listen to. We had her again. Um, her, George. George wanted Tragedy by Steps, but I think he might have been winding me up a bit there. Um, <laughs> word Up from Corn Hendrix, All Along the Watchtower. So yeah. many people have mentioned that, and it yeah. didn't get into our thing. Uh, no Diggity by Chet Baker. Uh, what else do we have? That's, and Five Finger Death Punch, yes. doing House of a Rising Sun. That is, that is an <laughs> interesting version. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. So thanks, everyone, there for getting involved on Friday night. It was really good. Excellent. Great I've got a lot to myself, but I'll not bore you about it. <laughs> Yours weren't boring, by the way. It's it's lovely, actually. That's a nice touch. I think we should do that more often at the end. Get get uh, get a list of all the guys who've contributed to uh, our theme over, over the past week or two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, at the moment it's just about manageable, but um, we're growing. <laughs> we are. We are. And then Pope Francis sends his regards. Excellent. Yeah, that, that's our Iraqi listener, isn't it? It's the boy. Love it. Brilliant. Thank you, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. It has Thank been. You. Thank you very much. Uh, we, we've lost Alan due to battery issues at his end. <laughs> I wonder why he dropped off. Excellent. Um, but at least he managed to get it all in. version again by the Nolans. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was the Nolans that actually put him off. He, th he thought, no, that's yeah. it. You've taken it too far. <laughs> He'll love listening back to that. Um, let, let me just call out a couple of others. I'll, I'll take your, uh, your lead there. Darren, so, you know, we, we had other contributions uh, who came in from Chris, I don't know how you pronounce his, uh, his, second, his second name, Tetrio Blay. Oh, yeah, Chris, yeah, Chris Tetrio Blay, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, work, like, what did he come up with? Uh, walk, walk the Line by Live, and First We Take oh. Manhattan by Show of Hands. So a, a oh. local, local uh, folk band, great band. Yeah, good choices, Chris. Um, Andrew Purcell, The Zars, Angel Eyes. So The Zars were originally fronted by John Grant, who went on to become, to have his own um, successful career. Mm. Um, Paul Levine, The Day Before You Came, uh, the Bible Monge, oh. which I saw live. And also I saw this one, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, singing Born to Run. Oh, I need to hear that. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, and then uh, Fiona Fewings, uh, Stereophonics with Handbags and Glad Rags. Oh, great. Yeah. 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 yeah, Nick Urich, uh, Hallelujah by Pent, how do you pronounce it? Pentatonics. Mm -hmm. Oh, not with Jeff Buckley. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amber oh. Mack with The Killers, Romeo and Juliet. Uh, oh. A U2 one here, Eamon Martin, so uh, someone who's to know in 
in Dublin. Uh, nothing compares to you. Oh, another one. That's coming up a lot, isn't yeah. it? Mm. I avoided you two this week. You'll be pleased to see. <laughs> Simon James Messenger with Gary Jules's Mad World. So I think yeah, that's that in. Yeah, that was on my list, Simon. Danny Darko. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm skipping Martin Cook. Oh yes, no Martin Cookie. He went with uh, "I'm a Cider Drinker" by the British Sea Power, his absolute favourite yeah. pan. Anna Turner came up with "Sound of Silence" by the Disturbed as well. Yeah. Uh, we had some good here. Steve R. Jones, Johnny Cash, Hurt, John Martin singing in the rain, and mm. uh, and therapy with Diane. And, oh, and yeah. And then Patrick Moore, who does a, a Facebook video or channel where he plays loads loads of music. The astronomer uh in fact no <laughs> uh, um over the rainbow by ava cassidy my way by frank sinatra wherever I'm, my hat by paul young and the beatles twist and shout oh, very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. and then oh, a couple more look this is worth one the paul levine uh gary newman's on broadway yellow magic orchestra day tripper huey lewis and the news heart and soul I think you didn't realize there was a limit to four here. Billy Idol's Moni Moni, Fiona, uh, the Foo Fighters down in the park, Def Leopard, uh, Personal Jesus. I don't think I know that one. And Sinead O'Connor's Silent Night. Guys, there's too many on here to go through all of this. Even Slav's got in on the act. Oh, be Slav, I want to hear Slav's. Slav, okay, <laughs> here we go. Jump by Aztec Camera, Sorrow by David Bowie. Uh, oh, good show. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Beautiful South, Gold Diggers, Head Nodders, and Folk Songs. So that nice. means it's a great album in itself. Um, yeah. It's a whole album, isn't it? Yeah, yeah and quick okay. shout. And then Kieran O'Sullivan, Andy Warren, Cookie with some more, Good Friends, Stuart Bennett. Um, look, there's, there's loads more on there. So guys, keep them coming. We're not going to be recording next week. So I'll put a question up once we've chosen our next topic i put that in the middle of the week and let's see what um as a group we can all come up with before we do our show in a couple of weeks time oh go on mark yeah can i give you a couple just from a few minutes as well um a few really good ones i'll never fall in love again by deacon blue that's a call out from suzanne uh, the cover version well done that's suzanne david isn't it as well yeah, brilliant uh, crying on the rain uh from aha okay that's uh, that's, from, that's from richie um I've got I'm a Believer, The Monkeys. Yeah. That's from Matt. And uh, this is from Mark Hollywood. Might have heard of him. One Too Many Moorings by Ralph McTell. Gnarly missed it. And uh, could it be magic? Take that. No, you managed to get him in there. And finally, 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 Fairy Tale of New York by Christy Moore, the live version. Had yeah. to get him in. Excellent. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Oh. There's a final uh, football result coming in. Go on, man. <laughs> Old Cork, nil. New York, nil. <laughs> on that note, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Have a good week, everyone. Take care, all. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Patrick, Patrick, stay when it comes. <laughs>